Welcome to episode number 142 of the Jackson Hole Connection, recording right here in beautiful Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Support for this episode comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, which is reminding you to reduce, reuse, recycle, and compost wherever you live. And remember, avoid using those single-use products whenever possible, like plastic shopping bags. Keep those reusable shopping bags in your car, on your bike, or in your backpack while walking. I'm Stephen Clark Abrams, your host. Before I get into this episode, I want to ask everybody who's out there to share this podcast with some of your friends and family. My mission is to bring you fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. We all have stories to share, and you can help your friends and family by sharing what interests you and sharing this podcast. My guest today is the dynamic duo, the brother team of Stepped Studios, Nick and Alex Martini. Who wouldn't want a last name like Martini? The Martini Brothers. The state of Wyoming and Jackson Hole have a long history in the film industry. Some creations you might recognize are Shane, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Rocky Four, and Django Unchained, just to name a few. Well, these brothers started making films during the days of tapes, and they were just making skateboarding films for themselves and friends. And later in life, they even had a stint as professional skiers. Now their hobby has grown into a recognized company creating commercials and documentaries which have been seen around the world. Today, Nick and Alex share their experience and passion, which has propelled them to having a thriving business, Stepped Studios, right here in Jackson Hole and in California. Nick and Alex, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. It's awesome that uh, you took some time out of your busy schedule to join me today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to chat. So going into business with brothers as brothers, and um, I'm interested to know how you guys got into business together, but more importantly, let's start off with your connection to Jackson Hole. How did your family land out here in Jackson? Uh, why, don't, why don't you take that one? Um, well, our mom started coming skiing here in high school. She, her and her friend used to uh, drive from Minnesota out west once a, or maybe twice a winter to go skiing. So I think the first time she drove through here was in 1969 or something. And she's been coming back a lot ever since. So then our parents brought us out here skiing as kids. And then uh, I moved here and then my parents moved here. Yeah, and I'd say growing up, Al and I, I think for almost 20 years, came to Jackson every winter, like through our childhood and, and through college. It always been sort of like our extra ski spot like when we were living on the east coast and even when we were living in colorado we were always out in jackson and uh once upon a time we were both skiing professionally and we were working a lot with the teton gravity research guys skiing in their movies a little bit and uh so had a lot of crossover with jackson in general then alex finally made made the move eventually and the rest of the family followed cool and who's the older and younger brother i'm older you're yeah. older alex about a year and a half older yeah a year and a half older Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Yeah. That's just like my brother and I, and nice. my brother, my older brother is the reason I moved out here too. Yeah. Others, they'll get us in trouble on. Hey, Nick. <laughs> always. always. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's pretty, pretty awesome having Alex out there full time because I'm based in LA right now, but I, I jump back and forth a lot. And now that the folks are there, um, large, large part of our years is hanging in Jackson, which is great. Cool. Now 
you mentioned that you guys skied professionally for and did that a little bit for TGR. Both of you skied professionally for TGR? Yeah, we, we both skied professionally for a while. I ended up competing for a little bit longer. And at the time, Alex and I were making films together while skiing. I ended up skiing in, I think, three of the TGR films. And then Alex and I both helped them with a lot of production over the years still. I was mostly focused on making our own ski movies. Yeah. Yeah, Alex at some point ended up more behind the camera. But he uh, had he was one of the best guys in the world at uh, following skiers. We call it like follow camming or chase camming skiers. So he had hit up to 100-foot jumps with the skiers in the air and the terrain parks. And then also do a bunch of backcountry uh, camera work, too. It's, it's pretty special, too. It's really impressive. Alex, what's it like? with a camera and how do you follow somebody uh, who's skiing down at the same time? Uh, it, it wasn't really that hard. You just got to make sure you don't fall. <laughs> but, uh, it's very I hit the jumps a lot. I'd, I'd usually hit them a few times without the camera and the people I was following, I skied with a lot. So we were pretty comfortable. But uh, I think that's a humble way of describing it. <laughs> but yeah, he, he would jump up to like what, like a probably 20 pound camera rig in his arms while hitting these big jumps. It's really impressive. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I think you're being a little humble on that one, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> it never went poorly. I had one close call where the camera almost hit me in the face, but never actually connected or broke a camera really. So yeah, I'm well. sure. You're probably happy not to break one of those cameras. You're not talking about a few hundred dollar Walmart camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no. Uh, very different type of toys. So, yeah, that's how we started spending a lot of time there. And then, uh, yeah, Al, you've been in Jacksonville full time for what, five years now? A little more? Um, like six or seven. Yeah. So, now, now you brothers have your own production company. You got started with TGR. Um, Alex is behind the camera. You did a lot of the professional. You're doing some of the tricks of the trade in the ski video, ski films. What's it like working together as a family? And and why did you guys decide to get go out on your own? Well, I'd say to take things back, we, we've been making films together since we were probably 12 or 13 years old in New England, a lot of skiing and skateboarding. And it was always a sort of hobby of ours. And then through the ski industry, as we grew older, we got introduced to a lot of brands and started getting filmmaking opportunities uh, on our own and with other people like the TGRs of the world uh, and started to slowly hone the craft and turn it from a hobby more into a profession. So as Alex, myself, and one other partner, Cam Riley, ultimately started our own business, uh, a production company. Those just the three of us and the sort of serendipitous just organically came together with the three of us as good friends. Um, and at the time, I don't think we ever envisioned it would grow into what it is today. Um, it was more just a hobbyist thing. And then fast forward 10 years later, there's almost 50 people on the team now between LA and Jackson that's turned into a, a real company, which looking back on, I don't think we ever thought that was necessarily going to happen, but I think we just wound up in business together and it's been a, it's been a good ride. I don't know what Alex, Alex's perception on it is, but I think in the beginning it was sort of tumultuous. And then over the years, we've gotten a super good flow. It's been actually really smooth for mine. What's your take on that, Alex? That's yeah, pretty much how it happened. We just have been making films together since we were kids. And then uh, at some point we needed real jobs. So <laughs> it worked out. And when you guys were making films as kids 
was that like VHS? Was there digital when you guys were kids? I think our first one we put out on VHS, but then we were making our own DVDs, like putting stickers on them and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like internet. it was during mini DV tape. It was like one step after VHS. It was, yeah, maybe like super early on when we were really little, but I think it was all the Canon Sony cameras that were coming out that a lot of like the early skateboard and action sports films were on. So yeah, like mini DV tapes and yeah, we still got some of those cameras lying around. I think Al has a couple at his house actually still. Awesome. And have you guys digitized all those original films that you guys made? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of them actually... We ended up, I think, making 12 or 13 full-length ski films over about a decade. And the majority of them are still for sale on iTunes or can be found on other spots on the internet and YouTube and Vimeo. So a lot of them are up there, even the embarrassing ones from when we were very young. Um, (laughs) Well, sometimes the embarrassing stuff is kind of the most entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And you said that it was a surprise that your business grew into what it is today help people understand what you mean by your business has grown into what it is today yeah i i I think if i told myself 10 years ago we were going to be where we're today it would definitely be a surprise i think the past couple years it's been a little bit more strategic and planned out but our our business started really as a couple friends just making ski, ski and skateboard films for fun as hobbyists, not in a professional way. And slowly over 10 or 12 years, um, as that transformed into professional filmmaking uh, and ultimately commercial and documentary production as we moved to Los Angeles, a lot of the relationships we had from sort of the snow industry and working with big athletic brands helped us scale the business to do a lot more commercial production, a lot more documentary production. And today, Step is sort of set up as a hybrid creative agency and production company. So we do a lot of creative work for brands, writing commercials, coming up with uh, different storytelling mediums across photo and video for them. And then we do a lot of production work, actually going out and executing and making the stuff out in the world. And then a lot of post-production as well, all the editing and visual effects and sound work. So yeah, it's become sort of a dynamic model. It's been really fun um, as it's grown. What's one of the more recent projects that you've worked on that people would probably, well, they probably recognize a lot of your your projects, but what's one that people would recognize? Yeah, I think especially in the Jackson community, we do a lot of work with Jimmy Chen, professional climber, filmmaker, and photographer, which I'm sure at least the local community in Jackson may recognize or or know the name. He just recently won an Academy Award for his uh, film Free Solo uh, two years ago. And we uh, have known each other for a long time. We're involved in a lot of his commercial production projects. And recently, uh, we did a pretty big campaign with Ford to relaunch the Ford Bronco, which was shot in Jackson Hole, um, which was really fun and, and got a lot of attention. So that might be one that some people have seen over the past year or so as it's, it's kicked around. It's been on TV a bunch and on digital channels. But that was really fun. And that alongside a bunch of productions in the best year or two we've been able to shoot in Jackson, which is pretty exciting. It's been fun to work up there in the mountains. Now, Jackson has a pretty long history in the film industry, doesn't it? Yeah. And not only from a long time ago, like making Alpine films, but even in the past 10 years, it's been surprising, at least for me, and Alex can speak to this too, but seeing how many different production companies have had a presence in Jackson, not only TGR, but there's another company, Brain Farm, that was pretty big. And then uh, KGB is still there. And uh, Dave's company, Al, Workshirt. But there's a handful, probably like half a dozen production companies that are pretty legit. They're all based in the small town in Wyoming, which 
which you wouldn't expect, but uh, it's home to a lot of, even today, a lot of really talented filmmakers. And does much of this production, does, does that include the, the actual filming? When you're talking about the Ford Bronco commercial, was that filmed yeah. here in the Valley? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So that's sort of like our um, specialty is actually going out in the field and shooting the material. And for the Ford Bronco, it was shot a little bit on the West Bank, some out in Togadi, and the valley across from the resort. Cat, what is that? Oh, it's uh, not Cash Creek. The one, uh, I don't know, somewhere on the on the adjacent side, like behind Curtis Canyon. Curtis Canyon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, up there as well. So it was great. And we shot on that big ranch at the bottom of uh, Togadi Pass as well. Diamond um, Cross? Yeah, Diamond Cross. We shot up oh, there. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, we we're bouncing all around town. We we're there for about a week for that project. It was, it was really fun. Nice. Now, when you're doing the production, it sounds like you're close to some forest service. Is working with the local communities, are they pretty flexible and understanding to help you do the work that you want to do? They've all been extremely nice. We've shot in Jackson a ton over the past 10 years. Um, I think with production, it's always extremely difficult because we're at the whims of sort of weather and location changes and client requests. So navigating such protected lands for production is always a challenge, but the local permitting offices everyone have always been super nice and great to work with. I think sometimes we've probably thrown some curveballs, but uh, they've always been as accommodating as they can, understanding, you know, it's a really busy busy place and a lot going on out there. So yeah, overall it's been a great experience. Yeah, I, I would agree. There's always something going on in, in this town. And, and I had no idea the amount of filming that actually takes place here on location. I'm impressed with uh, how under the radar, let's say that it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also wide open spaces, you know, when you have a 10 big trucks out in the middle of the woods somewhere down by Red Top or somewhere Alex lives. It's not a surprise that a lot of people don't end up seeing it, but I, I know we shoot a lot in Jackson and obviously the local companies do, but I can't tell you how many times in LA I hear of other film crews saying, oh, we're headed up to Jackson Hole to go shoot some car commercial or some outdoor commercial. So yeah, I mean, Tetons are beautiful. It's no surprise pe people want to come shoot there. So yeah, it's, it's a good spot for it. For sure. I'm, I'm very curious to know um, why bounce back and forth from Jackson to LA? Is there, I mean, yeah, LA's mecca of film, but it seems like there's plenty to do here too. Oh, well, uh, yeah, we don't really have the infrastructure for like a big production company here. And the, uh, the clients are kind of down there too. A lot of the ad agencies and uh, the brands we work with are in Southern California. So they like to shoot down there, but also when we're doing a big production, like for example, there's uh, very few resources in Jackson for lighting. You have to usually bring in a crew from Bozeman or Salt Lake City. So you can't shoot everything here. It's much more efficient to do it down where all the gear in the world is available within a 20 minute drive. Yeah, I'd say on, on some of our productions, you know, when there's a hundred crew members, Jackson may only be able to supply 15 of those film experts or less. Uh -huh. um, so then you're bringing everybody in from a very far away location, as well as all the equipment and trucking for the production needs. But I think for us, or I, I know for Al, it was mainly a lifestyle choice of trying to have a presence there, being able to have access to the mountains and the outdoors. 
whereas our presence in LA is more focused on the business side of things, like Alex is saying, with uh, all the equipment and resources and crew and agencies and brands here that are focused on production. You know, LA is the global hub for film production. So it's a really great place to have the business, have a business presence here. But then Jackson allows us to spend some time up in the mountains and also shoot up there too. So it's a good balance. I think that uh, Nick, for you, that gets to, I'm sure Alex, you go back and forth quite a bit as well, but what a dream job to say that you work out of LA, but live in Jackson. I, I'm yeah. sure there's many people you work with that are quite envious to know that you get to go back and forth regularly. It took a lot of planning. <laughs> yeah. I think Alex as the gig, I was jealous of being able to live up in the mountains, but have the benefits of participating in a, a business in a big city. Whereas I'm, I don't have the short end of the stick. It's pretty awesome too, to be able to jump up to, to Jackson and get out of the city often, which is great. But uh, yeah, we both go back and forth a lot. Alex tries to do about a week a month down here working in the office. So it's a, it's a fair amount of back and forth. Yeah, it's good for both of us. Cool. Um, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors. And then we're going to be right back with Alex and Nick. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling wants you to remember about having reusable bags at the ready whenever you go shopping. Keep those bags in your car, in your bike, or in your backpack when you're walking around town. Reusable bags are good for the environment and for your wallet. Wash those bags frequently because you put your food in them and bag your own items whenever possible. Wherever you live, use reusable shopping bags. Let's help keep those single-use plastic bags from the waste stream. And at Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, they also offer food waste composting and yard waste composting, which is available at the trash transfer station. Just call 733-7678 for up-to-date hours of operation. And you know what? While you're heading down there, stop on by the Jackson Hole Marketplace and visit their deli. Your belly might be grumbling, and they have just what you need to satisfy that grumble. Alex and Nick, welcome back. And we're just talking about the film production side of things here in Jackson. I, I'm really curious to know with the film production that comes here, what's the economic impact, the positive that comes back to the community when you guys bring in this big crew of people to, to film something here in the Valley? Some of it's similar to the tourists. We just, you know, we use the rental cars and the hotels and all the infrastructure the town has in that sense. But then like every big production does catering, you know, and that's a big part of it. So when for us, since I live here, we know like local caterers, some friends of ours so that helps their business move along. Yeah, I, I would imagine like I was saying, it's probably similar to tourism. You know, if we for Ford, I think we brought like 50 people into town for a week. I'm a, I would hope that's a good thing for, you know, hotels, eateries, catering companies, other vendors we're using. Of course, Jackson has a huge community of freelance production people, too. So we employ a good 10 to 20 of them every time we shoot here, which is nice. Like not everyone who works at TGR works there full time. So. Everyone's looking to jump around and get on different shoots. And a lot of them are friends of ours. So it's nice to be able to just work with a big group of friends every time we're here. Go hike around in the woods, do our yeah. annual or semi-annual trip to Rock Springs Buttress. Yeah, it's our goal is always to staff as much local crew as possible from not only a cost perspective, but it's also just great to work with people who know the area. So 
Yeah, as I was saying, like Ford, for example, out of 50 people, there's probably 15, 20 locals on the team, which is great. You know, like a huge percentage of the team is getting them hired locally, which I'd assume they appreciate as well. So that's that's awesome. I'm I'm glad to hear that. And I, I can imagine you guys doing something like this in Sundance or, you know, <laughs> Matitsi, Wyoming, and how much more you would need resources you would need to bring in to a, a more remote place like that compared to being here with people that, like you said, Alex, that there's already people here who are in that industry in the film production industry. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You mentioned that because we've done another Ford project adjacent to the one in Jackson down in 10 sleep, um, which is, yeah, sort of one of those places that um, really doesn't have any production resources at all. And in those situations, we actually tap everybody in Jackson hole to drive down instead of like traveling from like a Salt Lake or Bozeman, we use a lot of that Jackson community. If there's other more rural places within driving distance. So that's yeah, been cool to even bring people from Jackson and into other close by areas too. Yeah. I mean, there's some pretty remote areas of, of the state and to get all of your resources, that's, that's gotta be quite the um, logistics project for somebody. That Absolutely. Um, it's also, you know, beautiful locations. Wyoming's home to some incredible landscapes. So brands are really eager to, you know, go capture those landscapes for their projects. So it's a pretty special place to be able to shoot. Nice. Nice. I, I, I like that. So in, in the world of production and, and film, what are your guys' goals for Stepped um, Studios? Where do you guys see yourselves? Yeah, um, I, th I think we want to continue to grow in the commercial space and, and branded content and uh, brand projects. But right now, we're currently making a transition to also doing more film and television work. So I think longer form stories, you know, whether that's feature documentary or episodic shows, that's sort of the new world we're currently diving into from the past year, which is exciting as a business to sort of step into more of the entertainment world from the advertising world, which I think is a bit of a natural evolution, but it's exciting for us to sort of like jump into the, the new frontier for the business. Now, what was it like to make a transition into realizing your project to just record, you know, produce some ski and board movies, some films that this is a serious business. And was there a transition in your mindset and how you operated the company when you started, um, when the company started taking on some bigger clients? Yeah, I'll do honestly to that. Or... I, I think it was, a, it was a slow, there was no like big turning point. It's just been, you know, we've been at it for, almost 20 years now and it's been a very slow progression to where we are now. So I agree. We, and in, yeah, every, we're just always like every project's supposed to be better than the previous one. So once you're a couple thousand projects and all of a sudden there's a huge staff and, you know, we're not doing everything start to finish with three people anymore. There's like three people per part of the project. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I think there's definitely that that world where we went from a group of friends and filmmakers to needing to hire accountants and HR and bookkeepers and controllers and all, all these folks that inherently aren't necessarily what you would 
first think of when you're thinking of a creative field or film production. So there was a lot of adaption in terms of just running a business in general as it's got a lot bigger. But in terms of our mentality, Alex makes a good point that it happened over so such a long period of time. There's really slow and organic growth. So there's never some aha moment where all of a sudden there's 50 people in the building from three. It was really over 10 years, just slowly growing and um, really teaching ourselves as we went. Um, because we sort of started the business right out of school. So for us, like owning our own business has been the one thing we've done since college. So you got to do a lot of self-teaching, but luckily over the years, as we brought in a lot of senior managers to help run the different departments of the company, they brought a lot of insights into how to run the business and helped us a lot over the years, which was nice. Now, during this process, um, you know, your 10-year overnight success that you guys have had... (laughs) Because everybody looks at where a business is today and like, wow, you guys all of a sudden success. But like you said, you started, it was a slow progression, which congratulations to be able to have that opportunity for that slow progression. Have you guys found that you have a mentor or a coach that's helped you along the way to help that's helped you grow and develop as, as business owners, but also in the creativity side of of what you do as well yeah i don't know what you think i wouldn't say there's someone in particular but i would say our parents honestly have been a a huge help my mom worked in marketing and my dad was an entrepreneur and owned his own business as well on the east coast Um, he's a general contractor which oddly enough has weird alignment with how production companies are run as well because we sort of sub out different components of the business. It's a very similar business model, just in a different field. So they, they were great mentors, like when we were younger, trying to grow the business. And as we've continued to grow, you know, we've put together a board of advisors, which has been helpful. Um, Mike Morrison, who's with Jackson Locals on the team. He's the CFO of Steo. So shout out to Mike for, for helping us a lot over the years. The ski um, industry in general was very kind to us. Thank you. I'm pretty much the owner of every film company and the head of marketing at every brand has befriended us at one point or another and given us some sort of advice or just help the business move along. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, dogs point, like the Jones brothers and TDR have always been super great to us. They helped us a lot as we we're up and coming filmmakers sort of show us the ropes and they're still close friends of ours today. And we still collaborate with them on productions to help each other out. So yeah, a lot of phases over the years, but very, very thankful for all the guidance that sort of kept kept the uh, train on the tracks over the years. There's two things that came out of that that I appreciate and want to learn a little bit more about one of them. Um, but what I appreciated is hearing how you guys are in the same industry as a lot of these other companies, but you all help each other out. And I think in in other industries, you see your competition as more of the enemy versus seeing the competition as how can we help each other? And by helping each other, we're going to both be stronger versus sometimes it's you hear, especially in sports, your competition, we got to beat them. But it sounds like in this industry, it's, it's your competition. Let's help each other be stronger and grow together. Yeah. And I would say, as Alex mentioned, we've seen that sort of in the outdoor adventure and ski world specifically, I'd say, the other, our competitors in Los Angeles, probably, uh, although we haven't tried as much, I think would be less um, attracted to collaboration or helping each other, like in a big city where it's a little more competitive. But I do think in the outdoor world, uh, in the ski world specifically, 
it's such a tight knit community and it's a lot about collaboration and working with each other, whether you're athletes or filmmakers or working the brands within the snow world, um, that it's always really been tight knit. And as we grew up and worked in that industry a lot, especially in the ski world specifically, everyone was extremely nice and collaborative and looking to help each other out, which I think is something special about that sort of niche world out there, which we always really appreciated. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. What do you guys think draws people to that type of industry, the outdoor industry, which embraces the collaboration compared to maybe some other industries that that don't? I think it's an attractive thing, just as you describe it. You know, I, I think people want to, especially in places that are mountain towns or when you're work, playing with others in the outdoors, you need a community. You know, you, you don't mm-hmm. like go into the backcountry yourself. You don't go on expeditions yourself. Like th- these are all sort of like group activities mm-hmm. that are less competitive and more about working together. And I think a lot of people who have worked and played in the mountains their whole life, that's just sort of built into their ethos. Um, and I think then that translates and sort of pollinates into the businesses associated with that world is how, I, I don't know, I interpret it, Alex. I don't know what you think, but sort of like a lifestyle thing. Yeah. I think if you want to work outside, you got to, work together and there's not that many jobs <laughs> so everyone's just trying to get by and there aren't yeah especially like when we do an outdoor production here you just you think of your friends you know from recreating and you're like i know that guy can carry a huge backpack out for me <laughs> and he knows how to use a camera too so <laughs> very true so yeah everyone goes out and plays in the mountains together and then those are the people that you have on hand to go work out there too right yeah well said Good, good point on that. You mentioned a little bit back your board of advisors. I'm, I'm very interested to know what prompted you, you guys to create a board of advisors and how did you go about determining what specialties or what could a board member bring to, to you all, to your business to help you? I think I, like I mentioned before, is like young entrepreneurs we've, we've never worked at other big companies so we really don't have guidance on a lot of uh just the general business practices and just advice on how to take a step back and look at the bigger picture as well and our board advice is really friends and family you know it's people we've known growing up or have gone into adjacent industries or work in places that we think they could have valuable insights to help us and by no means are we you know in some skyscraper at a conference room all in suit and ties, you know, it's, it's pretty informal, but we do meet a couple times a year and they're really smart folks, you know, like Mike Morris, you know, describing who's the CFO at Steel helped grow that business from the ground up with the partners. And uh, those are the types of folks that we look for people we have close relationships with who can bring some insights to the table and help, you know, guide us and help provide some feedback. You know, it's really easy to get tunnel vision when you're working you know, six days a week, uh, a ton, like trying to grow a business. It's sometimes hard to take a step back and bring in, we found, uh, especially in the past couple of years, just bringing the outside voices has been really helpful for us to make sure, uh, yeah, we're thinking. And I'm, I'm really curious because you guys received help from other people who are already in the industry. And now, um, 10 years into your business, are you guys now helping a younger generation get into the business? I, I would like to think, yes. It's, it's interesting, like for our internship program, for instance, I think we have seven or eight kids three times a year. So probably 25 kids a year. And I wouldn't be surprised if 
several of those kids 10 years from now are probably in a similar position to where we are that may look back and think that we helped sort of them on their path. It, it feels a little less tangible than that right now because we have a lot of young people who come in the door that we work with. Some are with us for three-month internships. Some stick around. For Some have been working with us for five or six, seven years. And I'd like to think a lot of those people are going to go spread their wings and, and grow something of their own, you know, that we would have had a hand in. But I would say in general, yeah, we're working with a, a lot of up and coming young filmmakers every year and try to help, you know, share what we've learned over the years, uh, which is fun to, yeah, I guess, sort of see it come full circle. Well, to take on an internship as um, offering that to, to people, I think that alone is, shows that you guys are committed to helping other people come into the industry. I'm sure there's a benefit to your company to having the internship, but there's also a commitment because you got to help teach those people when they're coming to work for you from the ground level, what it's like to be in your industry. I would, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we see a lot of people come in to our office that were similar to us when we were 16 or 18 years old, where they had their hands on cameras for a long time, sort of know what they're doing behind the camera, but don't have a clear vision of, how they could make it into a career, what doing it professionally would ever look like. Even a lot of them have a lot of raw talent and have actually been doing it for a long time. You know, we see kids who started shooting skateboard films with their friends or playing around when they're 13, 14, 15 years old, and then they're 20 and they're really talented behind a camera and want to try to figure out what that could look like as a career, which I like to think we help sort of shed some light on and give them some experience. It also just sort of happens organically. You know, if they come into the office and start working on bigger commercials and bigger sets and documentaries, I think pretty quickly people start to digest, you know, what the industry looks like and how they can apply themselves in different roles, you know, as they grow. And, and I'm curious with Step Studios, are you guys only go for the big projects, the big nationally recognized projects? Or if there's a small regional business that wants something, do you guys do some of that business as well? I would say these days it's a lot of like our core business is focused on working with bigger brands, but every year there's times where we uh, find certain projects that we want to support, whether it's um, for people we know, or it's just a project we really care about or a brand we really care about. I think a good example of that would be um, we grew up in Franconia, New Hampshire, skiing in New England, and there's a small ski store there uh, called La Hoots that has a couple little stores in northern New England that we knew the family grown up who owned it, and they were coming up on their 100th uh, anniversary this year. Um, so we spent the past two years working with them, creating a short documentary about the history of uh, America's oldest ski store, which they are, which is, it's just an incredible story. And we ended up taking that documentary out to a lot of film festivals and it's actually done super well recently. And if anyone's listening wants to check it out, it's called North Country. Um, it's a really cool short film. But that, that for instance, was for a very small local business. Um, it was more of a passion project for us that we all got excited and rallied behind. You know, it's less of like a financial business opportunity, like working with a Nike or Coca-Cola or somebody, but more something that everyone at the business was just really passionate about. We had a relationship with the family and they're a small business that needed some help and ended up being one of the more fun projects we had to work on for the past year or two. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so you said the name of the documentary is North Country. Yep. And how do people find that? 
So it recently came out online. Um, you can actually TGR partnered with us uh, for distribution because they have a big, uh, some big online channels. So you can find it on their YouTube um, or if you just Google North Country film, it should be one of the first things that pops up. But I think for anyone who skis uh, in America, it'd be an interesting story because it sort of interweaves the history of American skiing in general with the oldest ski store in the country and sort of how skiing in New England uh, first came to be. So it's cool history. I'm really curious, real quick, how they started a ski shop 100 years ago. Well, it started as a grocery store and then eventually sold skis in the corner. And then fast forward 100 years later, there's no more groceries and only skis. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, a very interesting time in the 20s and 30s in New England where a bunch of Scandinavians came over and started skiing in northern New Hampshire as the first skiing in the country. Um, and it's a story, surprisingly, very few people are familiar with. And it's a really interesting one. I think a lot of people talk about the first chairlift in Sun Valley and are missing 30 years before that, where <laughs> there's a lot of other skiing in New England. So it's a really cool history. I had no idea. That's awesome. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, it's, it's a really fun history film. It was a cool project. Do you have one or two other films that might have that are like in the documentary side of things that have a, a cool historical significance that you would recommend for people to watch that you guys have created? I think one other, especially for like the mountain community, uh, there's a film uh, we produced a few years ago called Adventure Not War, which was about a group of veterans who had all fought in Iraq. Um, a lot of them worked with the Sierra Club. And they had all become big skiers. And their goal was to go back to Iraq and do some community service with the communities they fought against, as well as summit and ski the tallest mountain in Iraq for the first time. Uh, and they were guided by some locals um, to do the first descent of the mountain. Uh, and it became a really cool expedition that the North Face supported and some other brands to see these three Americans go back to where they had fought and sort of share that story about what it was like to revisit the country and then work with the local community to ultimately go on this really special expedition and, and do a first descent, a ski descent in Iraq, which is pretty cool. So yeah, another good short film that's uh, available online as well called Adventure Not War, super easy to find. Screened at Tribeca Film Festival is a, is a really fun short documentary. Nice. Congra congratulations on that. Yeah. What's the elevation of this peak in Iraq that they did the first set? Great question. I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's called Mount ha Halgard or something. It's been a couple of years since we finished the film, but it, it's cool. It looks like some good turns up there. It was, uh, it was pretty, pretty legit skiing for being in the Middle East. <laughs> it, was, it was not a, a small bump. It was a real mountain. It was uh, nice. cool to see. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So if people wanted to connect with you guys, what's a great way, great channel for them to reach out to, to the Martini Brothers? Yeah, I'd, I'd say our website, as always, is a great resource. You know, all, all our personal contact, Alex and I's info is right on the contact page, um, as well as like most businesses, we're added on social media. So at Step Studios on Instagram, if people check in those messages and comments all the time. Um, Someone else checks those, though. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone else checks them. If you want to contact us directly, the website's a good, a good place. Um, it's got our personal emails and phone numbers on there. Cool. Well, yeah. Nick and Alex, I so appreciate you guys taking the time to sit and talk and congrats on these documentaries and what you're giving back to your communities and what you have ties and connection with. And 
of your 10 years of success and cheers to many, many more years of, of continued success. And hopefully we get to meet in person someday out and about in town and um, um, really appreciate the time that you've offered today. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much for having us. Appreciate it. And looking forward to coming back soon. Well, you guys be safe out there. Keep making great films and commercials and providing awesome entertainment. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You got it. Have a good day. Cool. To learn more about the Martini Brothers and Step Studios, visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com episode number 142. Get it out there and share this episode so people can learn something new and hear a new story. Thank you, everybody, for keeping this podcast going each week. My wife, Laura, and my boys, Lewis and William. And again, Michael Morey keeps the editing and marketing going each day. I sure hope you have enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.